Hello and welcome to Letters Home. This is episode one. I am your host, George Leach. Hope you enjoy. A few years ago, my dad called me and told me he recently found out about a bunch of letters my grandpa, who we all called Gigi, wrote during World War II. My dad's mom, or Bubba, to me and the rest of the grandchildren, had recently been moved into an assisted living facility. As a result, her possessions were sorted, distributed to family members, sold or donated. The house that she shared with Gigi for 50 plus years was also sold. My dad thought that not only would I enjoy looking through these letters, which also included several postcards and some interesting war artifacts, but that maybe I could do something with them. I could use them in some kind of creative way maybe. So here we are with Gigi's letters. When Gigi passed away in the fall of 2005, I was serving in the Air Force myself. I always loved my grandfather, but never lived close enough to him to get to know him as much as I would have liked to. His name was George Leach Jr., and he's who I was named after. I'm George Leach. I always knew he was in the war, that he was extremely funny, quick-witted, well-liked, and extremely intelligent. He also always wore really cool hats. Some of his favorite hats seemed to be B-26 Marauder hats that he wore proudly. He had an actual barber's chair in his basement and would cut all the grandkids' hair when we visited. Through these letters, I feel like I got to know him better. Looking at the sheer number of them really evokes a lot of emotions and deep thoughts. It also makes me ask myself a lot of questions, like how did he keep his humor throughout every facet of his war experience? These letters start as soon as he leaves for training in July of 1942 and continue until September of 1945, well after Germany surrendered. He still told jokes to his brothers and seemed to show more concern with how his mother was feeling or how things were going at home in Michigan than what he was dealing with at war. Also, how did he keep writing? He wrote hundreds of letters to multiple people, his mom, his brothers, friends and family members. In my six and a half weeks of what was probably way easier basic training than he had, I might have written three letters back home. What I'm getting at is his letters were impressive in a number of ways to say the least. He wrote often with a sense of humor intact, all while being able to share his experiences of training for war, seeing foreign countries, missing home, and surviving a war. Now, I'll share them because they should just be heard. I just wish I had his reading voice make it even better. I'll start with the very earliest entry in all of the letters. It's actually the envelope and letter from the Selective Service System. It's addressed to him and dated July 6, 1942. It reads, Dear Sir, You are to meet your leader, Grover L. Keller, at the USO in the Michigan Central Depot at 8 a.m. on July 8, 1942. We are enclosing one bus ticket for your transportation from your home to the Michigan Central Depot. Wishing you luck, we are, very truly yours, Betty DeBus board clerk local board number 14 so i'm about to read the first letter from Gigi. it's dated on the envelope july 11th but the letter inside is july 10th 1942 so four days after that selective service letter was received it's addressed from private g leach at fort custer michigan and i'm assuming this is right before he shipped off to basic training he had to report first and then go off to basic training and please keep in mind i've read these some of them have been years ago so I'm reading his handwritten that I've scanned the letters in. I'm reading his handwritten writing from the 1940s. Bear in mind, I may have to go over a couple words just to get it clear and read his writing. That is one thing I did inherit from him. His cursive and my cursive look almost identical. All right, so the first letter, July 10th, 1942, says, Hello, civilians. This is Private Leach reporting. Well, nothing much happened except it rained like hell in the morning. I didn't get wet because my raincoat is about a hundred sizes too big. Anyway, I did some work for a change. 
I worked in the hospital, sweeping, dusting, walking, riding, sitting, and something that sounds like sitting. Some of the fellows said they heard leech being called for mail. If there was, I'll have to wait till tomorrow because we have to be restricted to quarters tonight. I might be shipped out tomorrow or Monday. How's Chuck behaving himself? I bet he's working hard. Maybe he's a journal foreman or something by now. Is daughter still bringing yellow slips of paper home from the police department? It's pretty warm out here now. We had a good supper today. Soup, pork chops, smashed potatoes, tomatoes, fruit side dish, and all the lemonade you want. By the way, it's all free. The fellow on the next cot for me is playing a clarinet or something like that. He's pretty good. Do John and Paul still listen or should I say do they listen? I'll bet Sadie misses the fish which I used to bring home sometimes. They're just starting to call names of who is to be shipped out tomorrow or tonight. My name wasn't on the first list, but my buddy's was. Maybe my name will be on the second list, which is coming up. I hope so. I didn't do no KP duty as yet. I'm going, so sorry. Then it gets a little jumbled up at the bottom. Just came back from inspection. I'm leaving Saturday morning. That's tomorrow. I think it's Air Corps for me. George. So I figured I'd read a couple more letters since podcasts can be long and reading letters doesn't take that long. I'll kind of try to put together a little concise story for each podcast made up of a couple of Gigi's letters. So next is a letter from July 9th, 1942. It came in a separate envelope from the previous one. Hello, mom, dad, kids, and Mike. Well, here I is again. We had a pretty busy day today. At 6 a.m., we went out for Reveille. Then we ate breakfast, which consisted of oatmeal, muskmelon, pancakes, bacon, and milk. After that, we went to get a couple of tests, which weren't so hard, but they were speed tests, so we had to hit it up. By the way, what does utilize mean? Ask daughter, and when I get settled someplace, I'll tell you to write, and she could tell me what it means. I expect to be shipped tomorrow or Saturday. Well, to continue after our test, we had dinner. Then we went to our barracks and got called before I could sit my ass down. He has the uh, second S uh, missing. We took out insurance policies. You probably will get the policy in a while. Then we got classified. That means where they're going to put us. I probably will work in a machine shop, drive a truck or car or fly an airplane. And then maybe I won't do any of them. After that, we got shot with a hypo needle and got vaccinated. Then we got chow at the mess hall. Supper to you. My buddy Steve and I went to the PX or store and bought stationery, shaving cream, and shoe polish. I didn't take a shower yesterday, but I did today. It showed, too. My arm is kind of stiff from the shot, and so is everybody else's. We can't leave the barracks tonight, and they got a USO dance and stuff here tonight. I don't need anything, and everything is okay. I'll send cards out as soon as they get some in here. Tell Cobbus that the guy who got a haircut the same time I did and left the same time as I did is in the same barracks with me. Dad, don't work too hard. Mom, I love you. Helen, don't jaywalk. John, listen to Ma. Paul, I ain't got a nickel. Charlie, fill in my place. Mike, we got lots of tires here. Too bad you ain't got a truck. Signed, Private George. So the next letter um, was dated a couple days later, July 12th, 1942. Underneath the date, it says Jefferson Barracks, Missouri. Dear Mom, Dad, Kids, Mike, and Charlie, well, here I am in Missouri. We left Camp Custer at about 7 p.m. Saturday night, and we arrived here at 6.30 a.m. Jefferson Barracks is just about 15 miles west of St. Louis, Missouri. Guess who I met and rode over from Camp Custer to here? Give up? 
Well, it's John Cinco. He joined the Air Corps, and I got drafted into it, and now we're together, except he's in Flight C, or A, and I'm in D. I have a pretty good chance of becoming a rear gunner and a bomber, but I don't know for sure until I take more tests and then some more. Boy, is it hot here. I think it's going to rain. That's why it's so hot, I think. Oh, by the way, I sleep in a tent with five other fellows. It's a wooden floor and screen sides about five feet high all around, and then the canvas stretches from the screens to a pyramid shape about 15 feet high. The train ride was all right, except you couldn't get a good sleep out of it. We had two fellows for four seats. We could take the back of the seats off and lay them down like a bed, only they weren't. I took my fountain pen from home when I left and filled it up with ink. Since then, I wrote five letters in one card and borrowed my pen out, and I'm still not out of ink, yet. I suppose you all went to church today if everybody wasn't working. I'll be expecting letters now, since I'll be stationed here for a while. They say from two to eight weeks. Say, how do you like my address? It's bigger than I am. The time here is one hour behind time. I told General about it, and he told me in plain English to go to you know where. Joking, of course. Well, I'll wait for a letter before I write again. P.S. I don't need anything. Yet. Private George. To sum up each episode, I'm just going to talk about the letters that we read and give my thoughts on them. So my thoughts for episode one are Gigi is young, gets drafted in the war, goes away from home for the first time. He's lonely. I mean, he's talking about everything. He's just given a daily rundown of his routine and talking about the immunizations they get, his chow. You can tell he's getting used to military terminology at a very early stage in his career, explaining what a PX is talking about chow, for instance. I think it's cool seeing terminology that was commonplace back then that isn't so much now when he keeps saying fellows when he's talking about other guys. Fellows is cool to me. Even when he says say or what do you think about this, you know, it, it just reminds me of uh, that golden era and the way people speak. And I don't want to just say movies because it was probably the way actual people spoke, but as someone who didn't grow up during that time, that's what you think of when you think of those movies during that time. People saying, hey, fellows, or say, what do you say? That kind of thing. So it's cool that that comes out. He's obviously bored. I think it's really cool to see him checking in with each family member at the end. You know, Pa, don't work too hard. Mom, I love you. Uh, joking with his brother about, I don't have a nickel. That must be an inside joke with uh, my great uncle Paul, my dad's uncle Paul. Pretty much just telling his siblings and other people, friends, uh, to be good and take care of each other in his own funny way. There's also the uncertainty in these letters of it's so early. It's so early that he doesn't even know what he's going to do in the Air Corps yet. He's going through multiple tests. It seems like he even jokes about and then some more. Like we got to. I'm not sure I might be a gunner. But I do still have some tests to do and then some more. So it seems like not only does it take a while for the immunizations and the military process, but then the uncertainty of not knowing what you're going to do once you're actually in, that comes across. And I think if he's worried about it, it doesn't come across at all in these letters. If he's worried, he's not showing that. It's not apparent at, any, at all to me. You know, I might drive a truck, might do a, might drive a car, might fly an airplane. But might not even be any of those things then the next letter could be a gunner that uncertainty would just really be tough to deal with in a time of so much uncertainty because he's away from home and for the first time he's really young he's obviously getting used to just the military in general the routine getting up so early going to the chow hall having friends that you do everything with you know you go to the px with you probably see all day the living conditions it's just really cool to see the optimism 
with so much uncertainty. And I have a feeling in the next couple of letters, we'll find out what his job is going to be. Letters Home features music by Scott Buckley. Music by Scott Buckley can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Thanks for listening and tune in next week to Letters Home.